to Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash shit about everything. Sometimes we get messy and it all counts as art because we say so. I'm Mel. I'm once black, twice a woman, and three times an artist. This week, I'm a cryptocurrency truther, a celebrity pets portrait artist, and I also hack alt-right subreddits and sell the user info on the dark web. Yeah, what's up? Maximiliano here. How to support NTP, you ask? Well, we have a Patreon page where you can get exclusive podcast episodes, which are only available behind the paywall, so we get extra messy. You can buy stuff on our Etsy. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, hopefully a good one, but whatever. Um, And you can also follow us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we'll leave links in the show notes. Also, if you have an arts-related question, email us at natturnerprojectzero at gmail.com, and we will read it on here and try our best to answer it. Yo, what's up? Today is just us. Happy 2022, y'all. So <laughs> long, 21. Shinani from all of us here at Nat Turner Project. Yeah, see you, 2021. It's been real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how much of an improvement on 2020 you were. Um, but we'll get to that later. We'll let the historians. Which is why that. I'm not saying shit about expectations <laughs> for 2022. Leave them. Leave the expectations. Yes. Hey, Melanie, how's it going? How was your holiday? Well, thank you for your very genuine and sincere question, Max. Um, <laughs> the holiday has been pretty chill. Um, as you probably know, I was significantly burned out at the end of the semester. Um, it was really, really fulfilling teaching in the, in person um, this past semester. Um, and I cherish that now in hindsight for reasons we'll get into, but it was also really like 
emotionally exhausting because like, you know, the students were going through it, obviously, because they're, you know, 18 to 20 something dealing with all this bullshit. Um, and I was going through it because my schedule was freaking ridiculous. So I was very tired. So I've just been taking a lot of naps and sleeping really late and binging on all the TV and stuff that I missed. Um, and also shelf quietly sheltering in place. Um, but also for the first time since I've moved to Portland, I am now currently living by myself, which has been amazing. Um, I've been, been able to play my music as loud as I want. <laughs> um, uh, it's been great. I love it. So. Been able to cook some rice. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I, I have a deep newfound appreciation for living by my damn self, being a grown ass human being living alone. Um, there's an Ari Lennox song um, that um, about her moving into a new apartment by herself. Um, and that's how I feel. So like, it's just been great um, and very quiet, but also very loud when I need it to be and doing whatever the hell I want and not having to answer to anyone. Um, and just like, you know, staring out the window with a, with a cup of tea as the snow comes down, just appreciating these moments of my life where I don't <laughs> have to answer to anyone's bullshit. It's been great. And I think I'm gonna enjoy this. So <laughs> that's been fun. things are good um but yeah first yeah cheers to you congratulations um what's the thing that they say uh you get all your flowers um how was uh before i answer my thing uh, how was the snow how was all the snow it was okay it was i the thing i hate about snow is how like when you grow up in places like atlanta and then even living here there's no infrastructure to take care of it so when it's really severe it's really severe like last year when it snowed, the power went out for a fucking week. 
which was an ordeal. But this snow was really mild. I mean, it was barely there for like a day. Um, and there, it was sparse throughout like the past couple of weeks. So it was great. It was really pretty. And then it was gone, which is the only way that I like snow. So, like, pretty and then gone and knows when to leave. Exactly. Like a you know good what? house guest. Like a good day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, I just, I love snow that has awareness. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your beverage of choice during uh, snow days? Um, beverage of choice. Um, usually tea. Um, but um, for snow days, I also appreciate something with whiskey. That's good too. <laughs> so that'll keep you warm. You didn't make any uh, hot toddies? No, I don't really like hot toddies. I know that's a thing, but I just I don't feel it. I like a good cocktail, so maybe an old-fashioned. Yeah, is there another, like, hot whiskey drink? Not that I know of. That's a good question. I should research that. Um, now that, you know, I'm back in lockdown, mm -hmm. um, I can get back into making the mixed drinks because that I got really big into during the beginning of 2020. So Yeah, maybe. we all need our skills. <laughs> about, like, a, some hot apple cider and Ooh. whiskey. Hot buttered rum. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Holiday drink. <clears throat> um, my holidays were good. I went back to Texas. Yes. Um, so that was chill. Well, um, I know you like, let's back it up because I don't want you to roll right through that. Um, I think it's pretty significant that you got on a plane and went to Texas in the middle of the Omarion. So tell me about that. Like, tell me about how you were feeling when you had to do that. Um, I felt, I felt like a Marion. Um, like, uh, which one is he in? Uh, <laughs> is it Marion? Is in the one with Marcus Houston? Um, is it Step? Yes. It's not Step Up. Uh, Stomp the Yard. No. Um, Stomp the, the Yard. One, the one no, where no, Chris wait. Brown dies in the beginning, right? It's or am I getting all? You got served. It's you got served. You got it's served, the one yeah. where Brown dies in yeah. a dance related. Um, right. Right at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Yeah um so i was definitely uh omarion sidestepping all the all the droplets um mm. on my way this to texas one's airborne this one is airborne aerosol yeah. um so what does that mean they're not on droplets like the like it's aerosol so it's droplets but it's also smaller particles so it disperses further out so the social distancing doesn't apply as yeah well. there wasn't any social distancing in texas i don't think <laughs> I mean, I feel like even when I've been in Portland, I have no social distancing anymore. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, uh, I made it to Texas. Um, I just mostly hung out with my parents, who are grandparents now, so they're living like grandparenty lives. Oh, they're just like hanging out at home and stuff. Um, my niece was are, also in town. Are they pressuring you about like, you know, settling down so that you can give them some grandbabies? No, not yet. I mean, my brother has given them three already, so they made it. I don't know if they have a handful, um, but my mom was telling me that my dad had me when he was 37, so she's like, you have like five years, um, okay. so I don't know if that was like a, a hint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, the is ticking, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, who knows, but who knows what the world will be like in five years. Maybe I'll be glad that I don't have like a, a five-year-old on my back as I'm dodging the zombies and okay. and stuff All right. okay. <laughs> um but it was good yeah my niece was also in town she's 17 um so it was cool to see her um 
she had to reevaluate me, make sure I was still cool, and I had to do the same. So <laughs> I guess we both checked out. <laughs> um, but it's funny because like not everything she considers like so many things oldies, like Nirvana's oldies now. Um, all this crazy. Shit. Old. I was just like, I was like, what is this view of the world you have? Like, <laughs> but um, I mean, objectively speaking, Nirvana's like what almost thirty years old now. Yeah, I guess like when I was when I was like her age or when I was like younger the seven the 90s are like as far away as like the 70s were um in that crazy sense when I was like I was a kid like the 70s seemed like you know worlds away yeah I mean that's what the 90s are like which is crazy um but um yeah she's back in school um she's she has her booster and vaccines and stuff um and she goes to school in Texas in El Paso so I was asking her if like there's like a lot of uh you know shit around like CRT and mm-hmm. um, mass stuff but she said not not much at her school but some of the other schools they were having like protests and stuff really? um but she's also doing like her dual college credit shit so when she graduates um next year she'll also graduate with an associate's degree oh damn yeah, that's so she, hardcore yeah she's in her books so i was like fuck um so she may be the future of a family that we're all depending on financially so oh. <laughs> no pressure I'm just kidding um that's what my I think one of my uncles was hoping that for me but it didn't it didn't pan out you became so. an artist instead so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to hit the next generation um <laughs> but it was chill it was chill just like chilling at home um mm-hmm. eating food and stuff any good food yeah um what did we do? We went to this one place, or like as soon as I got there, there's this like lobster food truck that I guess is like all like in vogue that we went to, and it was really good. Um, but then yeah, my mom made some good food too. Okay. Um, Christmas dinner was good. Um, what else did I eat? Um, I went to a Whataburger once. Um, went back to the old Whataburger. Um, that yeah. Still, that still hits. Um, but it was chill. Yeah, it was like 70s and 80s, so that was super nice. Uh, wearing shorts, taking up sun here oh my God. from afar. Um, as I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, um, so that was nice. Um, saw like uh, some friends a couple times, but everybody's getting older, you know, chiller, more mature. So I guess that's life now. No late night partying anymore. No, not really. None of that, especially with you know Omari on and out and about. <laughs> um but it was good and yeah then I came back um didn't do anything for New Year's um which felt fine I feel like you know if I was younger I would have felt like it's a bad um omen to not do anything for New Year's but then I did see this TikTok where they're saying that this whole expression of um what you do on New Year's is what you're going to do for the whole year which is something that's like always haunted me actually goes back believe it or not um to slavery where um they would like the slave masters were like trading people on the first day of the year and was like all right whatever your occupation was is like the thing you would be doing so i guess that's like negative connotations to you know slavery um it all goes back to racism and slavery (laughs) yep 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 all the expressions we have today (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but i'm still i still feel i guess good for the new year um today is um january 2nd which is a new moon in capricorn so it's actually mm. a really good time to start things so mm. start a project start a business start a friendship you know whatever start mm. a book start a show mm-hmm. um it's a good time to start shit it's not a good time to quit things so. ah okay good to know you have to wait a couple of weeks for the full moon to quit so yeah 
I mean, we are starting a business technically. I mean, technically we're not starting it, but we're in the eyes of Uncle Sam, we're starting it, I guess. Mm, it's auspicious. It's auspicious yeah. time to start stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my holiday. It's been chill. It's been good. I'm grateful for the things of my life. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it was good. It's, it was quiet. And I think a lot of people stayed home for New Year's. So mm-hmm. I didn't, like I was telling you before we started the show, I didn't, my, my favorite thing is to watch Don Lemon get super drunk and act an ass. And it's <laughs> like, it's such an extreme jump from where he was like, and who he was like a decade ago to how he is now um, in terms of like, how do I word this? His awareness of of blackness um um just with all the shit that has happened since then um but i don't have i couldn't find like a live a free live stream of cnn and they've locked all their shit down which is a lovely thing to do during a pandemic when people need news but whatever that's another conversation put up all your paywalls american media that's Mm -hmm. great um so i didn't get to watch that except a little bit on the timeline so that was cool. I did binge watch a lot of things, though. What are some of the things you've been watched? Uh, um, so Real World, um, they did this thing last year where they reassembled the original members of the first season of the cast, which was like 30 years ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, and they brought them into a, the same house to talk about the shit that went down. So they did that again with the Los Angeles cast, which included Tammy Roman and David. Um, And so they talked about the infamous blanket scene. I don't know if you remember that. So Tammy and Roman are both black. Um, The rest of the roommates were white. Um, And like what happened was basically she was, they were like, you know, teasing each other or whatever. And she was lying in bed with a blanket over her. And Tammy's someone who like very vocally dealt with a lot of body issues, body dysmorphia, that sort of thing. She went through a lot of shit on that show and she was like only 23 years old. Um, But like, then David started trying to pull the blanket off. And the like some of the other roommates were like, were around just laughing at it, watching it all go down. And he like drags her down, like off the bed and down the hallway with her clinging to the blanket, telling him to stop, telling him that she's naked underneath. And then this white girl, Beth sort of intervenes and is trying to stop him. And he continues to do it until he completely pulls the blanket off. Um, And he ended up, um, like the white girl basically called him a rapist for doing that. And keep in mind, this happened in 1993. um, And they ended up making him leave the show. So like, they all had to come back and like, he, he and Tammy discussed the ramifications of that. And you could tell that there were still things that he didn't understand about, like, he still blamed the situation for like, the downgrading of his career which did happen, um, but also he was a kid at the time too. And, you know, he, I think what he had a problem articulating 
was the issue that he had with having it being compared to rape. Like, and he also was very confused because all the other white castmates were standing around laughing. Tammy was laughing as well, but Tammy was laughing because that's a thing you do when you're uncomfortable. Um, but like, he just, it was very uncomfortable to watch them still have to like grapple with this shit 30 years later. Um, and then like, also some, some shit went down in another episode where um, one of the white roommates was, and this will sound familiar to you because this is a thing that happened to me that I talked to you about, but he was recounting an instance in which he was hanging out with his, one of his black friends. Um, they walked into a restaurant or something and someone said the N-word. They called him, they called his, his black friend a nigger. And he recounted the issue and used the full word. And Tammy's face when that happened was like, you could tell she was trying to reel it in, but then she explained to him that he didn't have the right to say that, like that he didn't have the right to use that word. And then he was saying shit like, well, in that moment, I was, in, I was, in, I was a nigger too. And she was like, no, that's not how the fuck that works. And this word doesn't need to be coming out of your white ass mouth. And then Irene, who's Latinx, um, who was a law enforcement person um, in 1993, um, she was like explaining to him that he can't say the word because he has no idea what being a nigger is, but she also said the word. And then Tanner was like, no, you don't say it too. Cause you're Latin, you're Latin, you're Latina. And it was just like, it's all fucked up. This like, shit show. <laughs> like it's, it, it's insane. It was insane. So I, I binge watched that. Um, <laughs> um, I have been meaning to like binge watch the matrix series, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Cause I wanted to watch that before I watched the new movie which I've heard is trash, so. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, The Bachelorette finished up. That was um, interesting because it was the second black bachelorette in the history of the franchise um, and she's biracial and all of the final four men were also biracial, like black biracial. And I, I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the show. So that was interesting. Um, they all had white moms too, all of them, even including her. That was a weird, a, a weird kind of coincidence, I guess it was maybe, I don't know. But he's yet to be, yet to reveal their findings. <laughs> um, but she basically picked the person um, who everyone thought was um, not serious about her. So a lot of people are up in their feelings because like there was, it was between him, Nate, and this other guy, Brandon, who'd been saying the whole time how he loves her, how he loves her family, and he can't wait to be a part of her life. Um, and everyone viewed it as her breaking his heart. Um, but I thought he was emotionally manipulative. So whatever. Nate. No, um, Brandon, the one the who was. One so, what do you think of her choice? Um, I don't want to be one of those people, but you could tell when someone's a fuckboy. Like, and he was. Like people are saying, he just got a bad edit. So I want to give him the better benefit of the doubt. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How do you, so how many, at the start of the show, how many contestants are there? 
Like 30, I think. And so how many of them this time are like black now? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I want to say, I would say 60% of them, 60 to 65% were black. And when she started at, when she started eliminating, she was eliminating the white guys off the bat. Like you could tell that she, she wanted to end up with someone who was black. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they were all biracial was interesting to me. That was, that seems like a choice, but whatever. Was there non-biracial black people that yeah. were eliminated? Yeah, there were. Do you think, um, you know, cause I think this idea of reality show edits is like real, but then it also like, you like often targets black people to yes. like portray them in one way. How do you think that plays in a show with uh, multiple black people? That's a good question. Um, on one hand, I want to say that the the white the, who I'm assuming are primarily white editors, producers, people behind the cameras or whatever, they don't possess the nuance of black life to understand the differences between black people. Um, So I imagine it's very confusing for them. Um, So they're just gonna end up editing to fit their own like presupposed stereotypes. But on the other hand, I do think that that unconscious bias comes in and they're going to skew towards more nuanced portrayals of black people that look more like them. So you're going to, you're you're going to end up with the same problem probably where like dark-skinned non-biracial black people are going to get kind of swept under the rug. You're not going to see as much of their life, you're not going to see as much screen time with with the with the protagonist or whatever. Um and that's pretty much what happened. And that happened on Rachel's season. So, I don't know. I do think it's interesting, like with The Bachelor and like how clumsily they always handle race. Um, and Rachel, who is the first black protagonist, who is a like a like a black woman with two black parents. Um, she re- she dropped an article a few months back, kind of talking about that experience. But since her, and she's completely divested from the Bachelor franchise because she's pissed at how. Her season was edited. She's pissed at like the hate mail that she's gotten um, and how she's generally been treated. And like her interaction with Chris Harrison about the racist shit that came out during Matt James season directly led to him being like let go. So like she has a lot of issues with the franchise. But I do think it's interesting that since her and because she was so vocal about being black that they have like calculatedly chosen black people black biracial people who aren't as vocal about blackness in this very particular way. Um, And then this season with Michelle, with her being a biracial person with a white mom, and then all four of the final contestants also being biracial with a white mom. It seems like a weird kind of coincidence to me. So I don't know. Yeah, that's what I wonder if it is a coincidence because it seems like it does speak to other trends that are going on in media in general mm-hmm. of um yeah maybe maybe more black people are getting roles but they're um light-skinned black people biracial black people um as like this like kind of like secret um maybe not so secret but this like what's the word i'm looking for um fuck. um 
not like a compromise but to like um some like consolidation um, yeah but then it's still like people like um you know it used to be uh zoe saldana but now it's like zendaya um yeah that thing where it's still like oh yeah it's like a black person in the role but it's still like a lighter skin like mixed race black person or something um yeah. compared to somebody that's darker skin or yeah. with two black parents or something yeah and it's like, kind of like cop out maybe yeah yeah it, it feels like this sort of I don't want to use this phrase because I I don't I don't subscribe to this idea that one person is blacker than another. I don't believe in that. That's weird to me. Um, and that feels like playing into white restrictions and commodifications of blackness. But I do understand the way that blackness functions for white people and how they may view choosing a lighter skinned black person who looks more like them as like a cheat sheet for diversity and that yeah. me off yeah and i wonder if like in the survivor not survivor in britain and a bachelor they're like in there when they're interviewing people about potentially being contestants they're like oh this black person like talked about race like too much or like this black person didn't bring up race so like we're like more aligned yeah. with that or something you know yep like, yeah who knows like their their individual politics or whatever but the Brandon guy, the one who was all in love with her, he was from Portland. Oh, did you recognize him? Did you did ever see him around? No <laughs> life and I go nowhere. So yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there was like a big Portland viewing party for him or something. I bet there is. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what company he works for? Uh, no, but I bet I could find it if I went online. I just, yeah. I don't do that much. That feels invasive. <laughs> How do you think it is for like, um, for survivor i mean i keep saying survivor for bachelor but like i guess reality shows in general dating shows for like the people that like get to the end but don't get chosen do you think oh. like they have a lot of like uh options when they come back to where yeah, they they, there's a whole pipeline now like they a lot of them end up on bachelor in paradise which is actually which is low-key much more entertaining because they all just hoe out with each other <laughs> and it's hilarious um but they all like it ends up being this whole like incestuous thing where they all date each other like that's what happens and they become kind of like internet famous um and and yeah they kind of capitalize off the fame for as long as they can that seems to be the thing they become part of like a bachelor bachelor society or whatever. yeah but the interesting thing about this upcoming season which i which actually i think the new one airs tomorrow there's like no time between them now which is weird um they like low key on the like on the low chose this mediocre white man who barely made it to like this, like the sixth episode of Michelle's season, um, who is like really bland. And a lot of people are pissed because they were, they're like, oh, you just, you got tired of diversity. So you just wanted to like choose this white man. And like, usually it's kind of done with a series of like um, audience votes and that sort of thing. And they kind of gauge their likability, but they just chose this dude and didn't tell, explain anyone. Why? he wasn't like an audience favorite or anything no no yeah. one no one knows this person or likes him <laughs> so there's been like some the, the trump election yeah. yeah but here's the here's the rub i like when the bachelor is just a bunch of like messy like ridiculous white people because i like watching white people embarrass themselves it's hilarious <laughs> to me. so like, i have no problem with this so you're upset about the diversity of the bachelor <laughs> Yes, Max, that's what I'm saying. 
bring no, back the all white cast. What I'm saying is what Rachel said in that article. If you're going to have a black bachelor, a black bachelorette, um, one, you need to have diversity of like the casting, like the contestants. And then you also need to have black people behind the cameras. Cause like, that was one of Rachel's biggest complaints. Like she was dealing with all this black shit and there was no one she could talk to on set. Like, oh, like no producers or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, like she would like some really foul shit would happen. And then Chris Harrison would, would appear and she'd just be pissed. Like, I don't want to see him. I can't talk to him about this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you think of like somebody that goes on a show like bachelor, like how many of them are generally looking for the love of their life versus like the first step in a career? I think any like sane person understands after like year 37 of Bachelor where like no one stays together after like 18 months that they're not they're not going on there for love they're going on there to expand their like visibility or their acting career or whatever like everyone's doing there to jumpstart that the trick is you're supposed to look like you care about love that's how you succeed. <laughs> yeah, you gotta win the fans over, right? It's the first chance to build yeah. your fan base. Yeah. Do you think if you went on a show like that, that you you could like fall in love with someone under the right machinations, like with the fireworks and the helicopter rides and the fancy dinners and all that? I think that all makes it easier to fall in love with somebody. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, here's this crazy thing that you're probably like is outside of your normal life. And then you're like, you know shared experiences you're like oh i'm going through this with you it's like i feel like it, it makes it easier um but i don't know if i would like i because i'm kind of thinking about applying to survivor um but i don't know if i would do like a dating show but i would i'm kind of curious about the survivor <laughs> okay a couple things we need to unpack there okay first you don't feel like it would feel like this weird ass like um ai simulation like yes like you've got the fireworks and the helicopter ride and all this crazy shit, but also you are aware that it's completely fabricated and it's fake. And don't you feel that, you know? Like, what do you mean fake? Like the- It's being paid for by these producers to show on this TV screen to millions of people. That feels fake to me. Yeah, but you're still like in a helicopter. That's still real. You're still seeing the fireworks. You're still eating the the duck a l'orange or whatever. You know, like that's still real to you. That's not (laughs) (laughs) weird but it just but you're but you're not choosing these things these things are being chosen for you you know yeah i mean i, I would if i was going on a rally show like that yeah i would i would hope i would win i don't know how this how bachelor works but i would hope i'd win the contest to be able to get the alone time but that's just because i want to like yeah eat the eat the good food drink the good champagne um go on the helicopter ride um yeah if i'd make it to the final three or four i would, I would that would be sweet for sure I wouldn't say like it feels fake like maybe maybe love seems fake in that sense but not like the experience seems like a vacation experience kind of okay yeah that I buy yeah oh and another ulterior motive people have is so that they can be the next bachelor or bachelorette Mm. if you make it into the top I want to say the top 10 you're in the running and if the audience likes you enough yeah, that sounds like two vacations. Like I get the one as a contestant and then I come back as the bachelor. I was like, yeah, that sounds like two two trips. But there's also kind of this built-in grossness to it because you're meeting each other's families. And also there's the fantasy suites thing, which is kind of creepy where they basically sort of pardon you to have sex with three people. 
to see if like you're compatible, I guess, right before you make the big decision. And everybody knows that you're having sex on national TV. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess the only difference in that in real life is cameras, right? That's a big difference though. You say that like it's nothing, but it's everything, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm soulless. Who knows? I maybe already grew up in the reality TV show age. Right? <laughs> maybe I just care too much about cameras. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, isn't that why they give you a bunch of alcohol so you forget about the cameras? That's a big part of it. Yeah, they do. They do give you a bunch of alcohol. I know that they take your your phones and all that, so you can't communicate with the outside world. You can't leave, so you're kind of you get trapped in this bubble. Yeah. I maybe mean, I'd bring like some books and stuff. Um, yeah read in my free time or yeah. plot i don't know i'd be like i have to eliminate johnny or whatever well okay this last season they found one of the original guys one of the first guys like they did this weird thing where they raided each of the contestants rooms like they knocked on their hotel room and they had them leave and then they raided their rooms which super weird but they found one guy who had notes on all the previous seasons about how he should act to get more screen time to me, that sounds smart. I mean, that's an idiot that you brought the notes with you. You have to come up yes. with the but like, who doesn't do that? Like, you, it's been like 20 years or whatever of the show. Like, everybody that watches it, I'm sure, is a student of the game. I mean, that's how it is with Survivor. It's like, I mean, yeah, like, he just yeah. got caught. I'm sure they find other people doing the same shit. You're just not smart sure. enough. See, the next person that does that is going to do the same thing, but one of their notes is, so, don't leave this in my room. <laughs> all right so like that don't i'm not gonna forget this you want to apply to be on the survivor yeah why that shit looks hard i think so but like again i've been i've been binging survivor and like in the current seasons it really is just made up of people that like grew up watching survivor so it really is like students of the game now as like kids that were like 11 and 12 when survivor first came out are not like my age, like in their thirties. And I was like, okay, you know, like I could see it. I could see the strategy. It's obviously, you know, you need to like kind of like um, coast, you know, between maybe some of the strongest players. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to like have the bullseye on your back right away, but you need to pull out at the right moment. You need to have some resume making moves where you like side blind wide somebody. I mean. Wait, last year or the year before that, wasn't there like a historical like all black alliance that came up in survivor i don't know i haven't i haven't seen that episode i've just seen like random seasons on netflix okay um, I think the last two like either the last one or the one before that there was a historical alliance that was just black folks so the winner ended up being black oh shit i don't yeah. know if i've seen that one but yeah i feel like survivor like for black people is like their numbers are always like way low like the amount of like black contestants on that show is always like one or two because yeah, um, it's like sparse as hell. Like, isn't it just like living outdoors and camping and shit and with little to no things? Yeah, like, now that it seems like they're not, it's not as much as it's not as about that as much. Like they're putting you like all in like tropical settings now where they used to like put you in the desert and it was like super shitty. Um, you still have to like worry about rice and shit. But it also seems like I know some people on Survivor, they're like, because there's only a few black people, they're like, they're automatically gonna think we're working together um so sometimes that's like downplay their their friendship or alliances well damn um, it's, it's like oh the two black people are talking you know they're gonna be an alliance or something um but then the white people get to be whatever the fuck else they are you know yeah <clears throat> mm. so how do you apply for that um i think there's like a form 
um, and so <laughs> like you have to go online and apply. I think submit a video. And you're totally gonna do this? Yeah, I've looked into it a little bit. I was like, why not? Are you gonna have Ruben shoot the video? <laughs> I haven't thought about that. I feel yeah, like maybe. you gotta do it. Go all the way. Yeah, I just need to like figure out my things. Like, what do I need to like downplay? What do I need to like oversell? Um, you know, because it seems like they have all types of people, right? It's not just like athletes that have like nerds or yeah. I haven't seen that many like conceptual artists. It's like, well, maybe that could be. Do you like... want to be? Do you want to be the eccentric artist, or do you want to be like the the bad boy, the villain? I don't know. Definitely not a villain. Um, okay. or not not a villain until like later on. I definitely want to like try to fly under the radar in the beginning like seem seem like a steady component but not seem like a weak link but not seem like a major threat early on mm. and then kind of like you know um have a couple of different alliances going and mm -hmm. then you know wait to strike be like all right let's side let's blindside this guy mm -hmm. um then you know when i'm at the, the final two or three they're like max can you tell us why you deserve to be the survivor it's like i played smart you know i i, I kept a low profile in the beginning i knew when to make my move i hit him without knowing and before you know it i'm you know i'm here for a reason you know i played i outwitted i outlasted yeah and i deserve the ability goals um well <laughs> i feel like if you get on you you'd, you'd have a good shot of winning it it's i would hope so yeah I would, I would hate. I would hate myself if I was like one of the first people eliminated. Mm -hmm. Do you blame reality TV for indirectly delivering at the feet of America the product that is Donald Trump, or do you think that Donald Trump was inevitable with 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 or without reality TV? Yeah, I could see Donald Trump still existing without reality TV because he was he was like based on what I understand he was that kind of asshole before um, there was reality TV. Oh hell yeah! There was like less cameras on him, but he was still like that when there were cameras on him. Yeah. Um, I think reality TV like maybe made him more of a household name, or like yeah. maybe like made um, his like voting base more aware of him. I um, think that reality TV definitely actually ironically made him more palatable like yeah. I think without reality tv he would have remained the asshole but it humanized him and it made him seem more successful than i mean him. yeah this like sham reality show definitely made him seem more competent he's like all mm -hmm. these like people like competing and he gets to decide who's fired and he just gets to berate people at the end of the episode when he's a fucking dingus um, yeah yeah but that's what happens when you get to control the narrative right <laughs> right yeah. fun fact so I do this thing um, for one of my classes that I teach because it's all about media literacy, particularly with contemporary art. So um, we do this thing every week called a quick media read where I have them dissect a piece of art um, in terms of like the audience, um, the creator, um, the context um, in which it exists and what it's trying to sell us. So the first thing I throw out as the first example, the first week of class is a clip from The Apprentice, like the, the um, opening credits um, that show him talking about what America is um, cut with these like slices of New York life um, and, what he's, and what he's sort of selling as the American dream. Cause I just think it's like, it's interesting that this show that came out on the heels of 9-11 um, 
to sort of sell this idea of, a, of American unity um, ended up creating this personality that encompasses all that is wrong with this country. <laughs> but Mark Burnham, the creative of Survivor also did a, The Apprentice, which is why mm. I thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know some of the, the Apprentice people have like careers or whatever. He's like, on, isn't Bill Rancic like on ET News or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what happened to uh, what's his face the the black. Um, oh, I came in second the first season. Yeah, because yeah, I know that he ended up working for Trump, and then Trump fired him because of some shit that went down with the Miss Universe pageant. Oh, really? Yeah. Or he took the fall for it or something. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we live in a very strange time, Max. Like within our lifetimes, we've seen some very weird things <laughs> yeah yeah that's crazy speaking of which let's talk about the most memorable events of 2021 okay is this in our own life or in the world i mean both whatever what have you um are you going first yeah i'll go first um let me see let me pull up my little article here uh, okay Okay, first up, we're not going chronologically, but this was one of the first things that happened, like five days after the new year, um, yet the insurrection at the Capitol. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. With these random ass white people storming um, <laughs> the National Mall or whatever, um, and managing to get inside the building and trash the place and talk shit about the elected officials um most of whom got away with it and i know it resulted in a a few deaths um but the way that they were able to do this and were afforded this humanity was almost hysterical like if it weren't so tragic yeah and it's like it's like they don't even get it it's like they're protesting this thing and they're treated so well and then they get so upset, like all the people that like go back to their lives are like, what do you mean I have to like be arrested or, you know, like this whole thing or like, what do you mean I lost my job because I was there on, you know, or husbands that are like, have their wives leave them after they find out that's where they were on January 6th. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I feel like it just shows that there's still that that exists, that that's not like this imaginary thing. It's like it would have, like you said, it would so tragic um but you can't think of like a more obvious like example of like white people storming the capital and then getting these like a lot of times slap on the wrist sentences or like the fact that they're already so like defiant or like belligerent to like um the u.s government and then to like the authorities when they're trying to be prosecuted yeah. and then just like how much full of shit they are like the amount of like uh you know cops that were there that were like attacking other cops or it's like what about this like blue lives matter you know it's like it's all it just shows you that like none of this shit is like thought out or at all serious because like they'll they're con contradicting themselves all the time and like literally falling over themselves in the contradictions and hypocrisy mm -hmm. yeah so 
here's hoping there's not another not another one in a couple of days yeah i mean i'm still just like i'm my yeah i was some mild mild you know smallest amount of relief when trump wasn't reelected. but then what we've had in the in the interim has been is <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's still ridiculous it's ridiculous it seems like i mean again i don't think it's like sometimes it feels like everybody's just incompetent and then i have to remember that like they're just playing incompetence when they're really just like greedy ass people mm-hmm. like that actually have agendas but it's like oh we just don't know what the fuck we're doing it's like no you're getting paid to do all these things like there's money coming to you for all these reasons like you know it makes it seem like oh our leaders are incompetent like they're actually just like greedy rich people yeah <sighs> all right what was a memorable event for you um what did 2021 bring for me um a couple yeah despite covid and lockdown and all that shit um a few changes in my life what did i do um 2021 brought me um, a couple art shows um you know the tba performance oh um, yeah that's a big one um androids in the tower finally came out um that was also fun um but yeah both things were definitely felt diminished because of covid um they're still pretty epic though yeah thank you um what else um so those are some of the things i guess i made some friends maybe lost some friends um made some relationships lost some relationships mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean like 2021 uh 2022 started the way that 2021 started for me where it's just like a lot of rebuilding and resetting um and hopefully learning and growing uh, but it was also some of his other people's fault so fuck them <laughs> Just that. <laughs> so mature so very mature. i mean at some point you're like all right i've, I've done enough self-examining to where it's like you don't you don't punish yourself you're like oh actually some of these things it takes two to tango and, yeah you know, i can only be guilty for so many things so yeah. all these other people are fucked up and they need to they need a, some self <laughs> self-analysis yeah <clears throat> but yeah i'm still here i'm still podcasting so i guess it's not all that bad now you just listen no you listen to me no i think you done forgot i think you, you forgot i said listen to me this is my time you understand me it don't matter what you tried to do you couldn't destroy me i'm still standing i'm still strong Not always will be. Um, I did. I went to LA. That was fun. You did. Yeah, you did quite a bit of traveling this year. Um, what else uh, happened twenty twenty one? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like some cool things other than crazy shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think of shitty things. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happened is that the ocean caught on fire. Yeah, ocean caught on fire. We don't know what that was. Was it the de- demons from the other plane coming? We're all pretty unbothered by the whole thing. It was very interesting. The ocean's on fire. Okay, it's Saturday, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like, it's really inadaptable, but mm-hmm. at what point? Um, it's like, yeah, it's a dog, that, that meme of the cartoon dog in the house on fire. Like mm. everything's okay. I was thinking about that. It was 114 degrees one day during the summer. That was that was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. All yeah. the all the signs of climate change, um, all the hurricanes, all the earthquakes. 
Yeah. They're tornadoes. Yeah. And then we still haven't signed any con- accords or whatever. So I have, a, I have a climate change question for you. And this is a place where we keep it real. So feel free to be real and not sugarcoat it. But do you think at this point, at this big age of 2021, <laughs> that there is anything we can possibly do to reverse what is happening with climate change? I mean, I think eventually, I think like a lot of the things we're afraid of like are gonna happen regardless of what we do now. Um, yeah. I think we need to like implement changes in order to like prevent worse things from happening. Like we already know that the oceans are gonna rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like cities like Miami and New York are going to start dealing with like flooding. Venice, um, that's, like, Venice yeah, yeah, like all those things are inevitable. Um, and I honestly think like going back to like being humans and being dumb, we're just going to like embrace it. And like Miami is going to become like a new Venice um, and like maybe just get more expensive and just like more of a playground for rich people. As like, again, you know, as you know, that climate change affects the poor people, um, the disenfranchised the most, um, the ones the least resources first. Um, so of course it's just gonna become new playgrounds for rich people. Yeah. Um, but no, I think a lot of the stuff we can't we can't reverse, maybe like way down the road, like the ozone could start like closing again or the oceans could start having life again, but that's if we like make changes. Yeah. Um, but that still takes like a long time to heal. Do you think that we are going to make these changes. I don't know. I don't know, like, um, if we're going to make them, or we're just going to adapt, and it's just going to be. That sounds like you do know. You know we're not going to. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like, at what point, like, maybe in 100 years, they'll start, like, making some changes. Um, do you think like, that we have 100 years? I think, that's what I'm saying. I think some of us do. I think it'll become a smaller and smaller pool, like, after, like, the, the least, the, the ones with the least amount of resources, are already like starved and driven to extinction, then it'll be like just the rich people will still be able to like live in like forest fire land and you know have like robots like do their farming and stuff like that. Um, I think it'll be like that. I think like the only people that are really gonna survive are the insanely rich. Like I, I think Jeff Bezos may be like the father of the next human society because he's like gonna be one of the few survivors. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> All right, I don't know what to say to that. Okay. <laughs> what are some more of your uh, memorable 2021s? Let's see. Um, oh, I mean, we got the vaccines. That mm-hmm. was great. That allowed a, a lot of us to get our lives back in some form. Uh, it allowed some of us to feel naively safe for a little while. Well, how do you feel about the vaccines? I mean, I feel like it just showed all the problems that still exist. Like it became politicized. Yes. Um, but I think too, there's this like false idea that the vaccines are just hated by like, you know, Republicans or like stuff like that when there's like tons of like, um, you know, holistic Southern California types that are like also like anti-vaccine even though they're like super rich, but just like don't believe in vaccinating their kids. So I think there's like a large group of people um that are like that and like yeah it became this new the new political thing even though like um Roe v Wade's being attacked Planned Parenthood's are being destroyed so that but there's this chat of like you know my body my choice when it comes to vaccines but then 
still this huge dismantling dismantling of like um clinics and like um facilities for other people it's yeah. just ridiculous again i think the, the hypocrisy um it's bleak melanie <laughs> <laughs> you're not lying you're not lying uh, but then I also hate the idea that we're now dependent on these fucking evil companies like Pfizer and Moderna and whoever else. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks a lot. And on that level, I can you can almost kind of see the pieces of logic with the anti-vaxxers, like this idea of not wanting to be ruled by the government or by these corporations or whatever. But also, I don't believe that's really why they're not into the vaccine. I think that's just a lie. So like, I don't know, but you're right. I think that the anti-vaxxers were portrayed one way, similar with like um, how racism is projected onto poor white people, mm-hmm. when in reality, it's like mostly like middle-class white people, also well-to-do, well-to-do black people who actually have the power to enact that racism, mm-hmm. but it gets it onto poor white people so that they can be blamed for their ignorance or quote unquote ignorance or yeah. lack of education. Um, I think the anti-vaxism played out the same way. Like, because you see, like I saw a large swath of people across different black backgrounds and races who were not for the vaccine, um, including some folks in my family, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and there are real reasons for that that I won't get into, but like, yeah, it was just like a lot of people politicized it and didn't want to take the vaccine for a variety of reasons. Yeah, this is, this is also reminds me of something I've been wanting to talk to you about ever since I heard it, but you've heard that uh, Letitia Wright is not going to get the oh. vaccine and was kicked out of Black Panther 2 for- I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that? A lot of people said this, and this was actually the first thing I thought when I heard about this, she was and like, if Chadwick Boseman were alive, he wouldn't be able to be on set with her because he's immunocompromised um, and she would be compromising his health by not taking the vaccine, which is really fucked up. Like, and, that, and that's the thing, that as someone who is also immunocompromised, I ha- hate the way none of these fucking conversations about COVID take us into account. Like everyone, like even with the Omarion, everyone is, is like, kind of framing it even the cdc and we'll probably talk about that later framing it as like eventually everyone's going to get it um so just kind of do what you can not to but don't try try not to disrupt your life or whatever but the reality is for someone like me i don't have the option of getting it like getting covid could fuck me up if not kill me because i have no immune system like i take medication to suppress my immune system so like, there's no way, literally no fucking way for my body to fight this thing. And like, I mean, disabled people have been saying this for decades, right? But like none of these conversations or discourses around this disease are taking people like certain segments of society into account. And it's just really frustrating. So like the Letitia Wright thing just pissed me off. Like, <laughs> I also know she's like religious and I think she was framing it around that too in some weird way, but she's she's been saying spotty, shady shit for a while now, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's been suspect for a minute. Dang, yeah, no, I like her as Shuri for sure though. Um, I think that's like another big loss for sure for the Black Panther franchise. Um, Do you yeah. think 
do you think the Black Panther franchise will survive this? I mean, they have to they have to bring Michael B. Jordan back now, right? He's gonna come back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he is, but I think it'll I think they'll be fine. I mean, there's but I know one of the major plot lines was probably going to be making Shuri the next black. Yeah, character. that was like that was the other thing is like now they how do they explain to the two like two of the main characters not being there like off screen? Yeah, but you know if Disney can pull it out of there, if anybody can do it, Disney can pull it out. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's like goes to the conversation in general where it's like so much about like individual rights and not this idea that we we do live in a society, but I feel like nobody thinks like that anymore nobody thinks in that way did they ever think like that i don't know i feel like there's this illusion that we were maybe more like community-minded at some point in the past and that you know as as capitalism continues to wear away at us um to break down community to uplift the individual as like a buying um unit of Mm. consumption um and then also to you know social media reality shows i feel like all that stuff enforces the individual not community um yeah in the age we live in i think true um, everything just echoes me mine um i can you know what's the thing i'm healthy i'm wealthy i you know i'm just like as long as i have all my things everything falls into place or whatever yeah um so i don't know is that if that's like toxic positivism or illusion um uh, what's that word magical thinking you know i didn't i didn't learn that phrase until grad school i've never heard of magical thinking yeah same yeah i didn't hear about that until grad school (laughs) one of one of our cohort brought that up Uh uh-huh yeah yeah (laughs) magical thinking just feels like some white shit i'm just gonna say it it does yeah (laughs) i think yeah yeah um Okay, another event of 2021, the presidency of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. <laughs> so if you had to give their presidency a grade, <laughs> what would you give them? <laughs> I don't know, F, D minus. <laughs> not, not a strong D minus? I would say D minus or an F. Um, I guess it depends on like what like Trump got um, and then I'd have to go from there. Oh, that's a good point. Um, I think Trump got an incomplete or okay. something. I don't know. Like what's the equivalent of like, why, what's the, what's the grading equivalent of why is he even in this class? Yeah, like, I don't know. Um, like, held back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and to repeat, to repeat the grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, Biden didn't do shit. Um, no climate change, no canceling student debt. Um, you know, hey, but student get debt got pushed back to May. Did it? Yes, I know this because I've been getting fucking emails since November, no October, saying get ready, you're about to have to restart your payments in January, um, or at th- the end of January because they were originally started uh, scheduled to start February first, but then they got pushed back because of Omarion. Mm to me well yeah i want yeah i want student debts canceled i want the stimulus to come back i want all the stuff i do want a stimmy we deserve yeah. a new stimmy either either i'm getting stimulated or your son's getting eliminated right <laughs> <laughs> those like tiktoks about what do you want to say to joe biden you know 
Um, do you think that the American presidency is capable of doing anything? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe if we actually had like a competent president, they would be like somebody that actually like cared and that wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if like Trump just fucked it up so much to where now it's like even more of a figurehead if like all these like senators have like all this other power or if it's still, if that's always been the case and they've just hit it better. Um, I think, you know, they always say that like uh, national like belief in the presidency like fell after Nixon. Um, mm. But I'm sure now it's that like, does it even exist? Like, do we even believe in that institution? Um, and then, yeah, like you see, I mean, you see all the shit that's going on and you're like, how, yeah, like you, you're not doing shit. And it's like, can you even do shit? Is it like the senators, the Congress people um, who are like controlled by the lobbyists? Like, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Do you think that Kamala Harris, I need to stop saying that. Kamala, Kamala Harris is her name, which I think speaks to the fact that I can't pronounce her name speaks to something too. But Kamala Harris, do you think that she made some inroads appearing on Charlemagne's programming to talk to him? No, no, that's, <laughs> I think, I don't know who advised her to do that. Um, but no, that was, I mean, no, <laughs> no, um, I don't even know, like, when uh kamala when did she even like find her blackness to just like to get elected i mean like so much of her story I mean, she did go to an hbcu she did go to howard maybe she was planning on shit in the beginning because i feel like so much of her backstory is like you know when it's convenient um i'm gonna like claim black shit but then mm-hmm. you know i'm dropping it when it's not convenient you know like however i need to navigate mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i don't have any faith in her either um, or that she, if she like runs the next term, if like people will like her even to vote for her. Um, I don't think she has the base to run, to be yeah. honest. Like she, I think that's what she was supposed to be doing now, but that's not working at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like her being on Charlemagne just makes me think of like all these like weird alternate reality scenarios um, where we live in this like age of like, I mean, we live in the we live in it now. It's not like a parody anymore. Um, there's like stupid ass radio hosts. Like Charlemagne's stupid too. So it's like <laughs> he's a terrible, he's a terrible interviewer. Yeah, he's, he's just like good. I don't even know how he got how he climbed up the ladder just by like being mean to people or saying shocking things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, the two of them listening, the two of them talk is just like what what is even going on here? This is the vice president of our country. Um, I, I actually didn't watch it because I hate him. Yeah, but how was it? <laughs> no, I didn't really watch it either. I just watched like the clips after I like the because at first I had heard the the clips that are like on the internet now about like Joe Biden's the president Charlemagne. So like I watched like a little bit of that part, but it was just like Charlemagne was saying that Joe Manchin's the president because oh. he's, like wielding all the power, and she's like, it's not Joe Manchin's not the president. And, Joe Biden's the president, Charlemagne. Come on, you know she's like annoyed that he's even not saying that. I was like, I mean, at the same time, like, do you can you blame him for saying that? Like, obviously, Joe Manchin's doing all this fucked up shit. Yeah. And the way that like people like Joe Manchin can even exist and have that power is also ridiculous. And like, it's just so lame. Especially like senators. I feel like so many people that become senators 
and like Congress people like aren't even from those areas. They just like find an area where they can win and then like move there and like get residency there and then become like a a senator. I mean, there's like a Kennedy that like represents Louisiana, right? You know, like Hillary Clinton didn't even live in New York until like however long ago to start representing New York. Like, yeah. I think that whole idea that like anybody can come in and like represent your district or represent your like um, state um, is still like another fallacy because you just get people like where's the where's the place I can most likely get elected and then maybe like they create their campaign. Yeah. It's all dumb. Here's my question. When did America collectively decide that Charlemagne, talking to Charlemagne represented talking to, to all the Blacks? Like, when did that fucking happen? Because I didn't get the memo and I hate- I don't know, maybe when Hillary Clinton went on The Breakfast Club. Um, I don't know at what point the Charlemagne slash The Breakfast Club became the Black voice, but maybe to white people, maybe the question ask a, a white person, something like <laughs> When did Charlemagne become the representative? I don't know. I'm sick of him. I would like him to not be around anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, whatever. <sighs> okay, what, what other things happened in 2021? Oh, um, oh, I, I guess we do have to mention this. Um, we lost some pretty important folks, right? Yeah. We lost Bell Hooks. Oh, yeah, yeah. We lost Bell Hooks. R.I.P. Bell Hooks. We lost Desmond, too, too. R.I.P. Desmond. Cicely Tyson, too. R.I.P. Cicely. A lot of folks. Uh, and the day before New Year's and a couple of weeks before her, her 100th birthday, we lost Betty White. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of loss. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? Um, yeah, no, that sucks. Um, RIP to them. Um, but yeah, sometimes I wonder if, like, yeah, if the worst is to come, and maybe sometimes for the people that pass, it's like, oh, yeah, they're not going to see the, the next round of shit, the next shit storm. Oh, damn, Max. What? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, didn't we lose, uh, who else? It's Michael, um, Michael E. Kelly. The actor, Michael K. Williams. Oh, we did lose Michael K. Williams. Yeah. Yeah, Michael K. Williams. Was Kobe this year? Kobe Bryant. Yeah. No, he was years ago. I want to say like 2019 or something. I don't know. It's been a long ass year. Oh no, he died in 2020. The beginning yeah. of 2020. We we lost him right before we lost Chadwick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So many young people, youngish. Mm-hmm. Well, not Betty because she's white, but like Betty White is white. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, life expectancy is longer for obvious reasons. I'm not going to get into that. That's another conversation. But a lot of young black people dying. It's uh, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right let's talk about some happy shit well happy and bittersweet okay. um, another thing we lost very recently a couple weeks ago insecure 
Um, it was a wrap on their final season, the series finale. Mm-hmm. How how did how do you feel? How did you feel? Okay, first of all, how did you feel about the series finale? And then how did you feel about the series? Um yeah, so I'd I'd watched uh this season. I think I'd watched like the first three episodes and then hadn't watched any of them. So I like watched the rest of them all the way through to the end. Um yeah, I mean I was I was I was happy with it. I liked it. I mean, I, I really like the show. I've always really enjoyed um Molly. Um, as a character, but also the relationship with Molly and Issa, um, and then the, all four of them. Um, um, I always liked their dynamics, their relationships. Um, I always liked, yeah, most of the characters. Issa's brother, um, who who's the husband? Derek is the Derek the husband's name. Um, so I feel like I I for yeah I liked most of the characters, um, and I feel like yeah like I got endings that I liked. I liked that. Um, I liked who Molly um, married Tarian, Tarian. Um, yeah, I was really into that. Um, and I didn't see that one coming because he was always kind of like a hard ass. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it. And I really liked the party where they're both high and he's like super chill. Oh, that was great. That was when I knew it was true love. Yeah. And I think in general, like the whole like building up to it, he's like actually like kind of like being nice and cool. Yeah. Um, even though he had been like a hard ass and stuff. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, I'd always been also like in the Lawrence camp so I was very much fine with oh um, you were team Lawrence okay (laughs) and then I know like people were like um that there's like maybe some form of like settling by being a stepmom but uh, that also felt weird because like what's wrong with being a stepmom yeah um or anything like that like I don't feel like that's even like a negative thing to um be in a relationship with somebody that has a kid already um but I know some people are like you know, because she said she didn't want to do it initially, or the idea of like being with somebody with a kid is somehow a compromise. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's true. I don't either. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely, um, yeah, I definitely love the show. We'll rewatch again. And yeah, was pleased. I was a little confused by all the time jumps, like by how much time had passed by the end of it. Yeah. I, like, oh, I guess the kid's like five now, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's been like five years or four years, I guess. Um, but other than that, I, yeah, I really liked it. Um, Do you yeah, have any criticisms for the, of the series? Um, no, I mean, I think like sometimes I get, you know, uh, it's a little, feels weird, you know, to see like, uh, no, I would say no, I don't have any criticisms now. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Um, I really, really enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the show, but another thing I also enjoyed about it was the, were the conversations on social media around it and how angry it got people. Um, and I really loved the characters of Issa and Molly because they were two black women on screen who loved each other, um, who were flawed, imperfect, developed human beings and it was great to watch that because you never get that um and i'm not talking about like how to say how to say this without sounding like an asshole i'm not talking about the biracial manic pixie dream girls that they have on netflix because netflix is filled with that and it's bullshit i'm talking about well-developed human beings who are black um who are dark-skinned who are like living their lives and that was great um i 
I don't think I've made any um, hidden the fact that I didn't love Lawrence. <laughs> um, I was never team Lawrence. I think that they broke up for some re very real reasons and they should have stayed broken up. But I appreciate um, that by the end, they seemed to know exactly what they wanted and it was each other. And I think that that, that was fitting for the story that was told. Um, I had, I really enjoyed the Lawrence character because they they seemed to actually take time to sort of um, develop his mental wellness stuff. Um, and they had him make a mature decision to walk away because he knew he couldn't deal with it. And I really appreciated that. I really liked that storyline. I thought it was great. I, I, I think I knew that they shouldn't be together a few episodes back, but I appreciate that he came to that decision um, and the reasons why he came to that decision. Um, I had some real issues around some of the class shaming that happened around Nathan. Like he got clowned for a lot of shit because I think they were very intentional about showing that he's in a, that he was working class mm -hmm. and that Issa is upwardly mobile and all her friends are upwardly mobile. And I think he got a lot of shit from black people, um, which I, which made me really fucking uncomfortable at times. So like, I thought that was weird. Um, I love Kelly. Kelly is my favorite character on the show, to be honest, because she's hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, and like a part of me just would love to watch a show with her. Um, but all in all, like, I really enjoyed watching this progression of where Issa started in season one and where she ended up by the end. Um, and then coupled with the idea of Issa Rae, the, the person who developed this and like her professional progression and where, like how she came from a web series on YouTube to this five series deal with HBO is just fucking inspirational. And like the, like I watched the um, documentary about it because um, she has a documentary about Insecure, the, the, the end of Insecure on HBO um, and the intentionality that she had with hiring people, hiring black people um, in every aspect of this work and like not hiring black people who were vetted by whites, but like black people that she came up with. Um, and it's just really inspirational as like a working model as an artist. Um, so that was great. You gonna ask me about criticisms? What are your yeah? What are your criticisms? <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I do have a few. Um, it's insecure is super cishet, like super duper cishet in a way that does not reflect the world that I live in, or any world that I've ever lived in. And I always thought that was weird. And I felt weird. I've always felt a kind of way about that. That always bothered me. Um, I really hated the storyline with Molly and um, the dude that she dated that she couldn't date because he, had, he was bisexual. Like that was weird to me. And he wasn't, whatever. That whole storyline was poorly written. Um, and I feel like they never really redeemed that. And that pisses me off. Um, also, to me, it bothers me to frame 
progression or development um, as a woman through the framework of marriage and partnership and kids. Like to me, there are other things that make a, a woman's life rich and valuable. Um, and to sort of sum it up in that way, sort of makes me feel weird as well. Like, I feel like we're beyond that in 2021. Um, so there's that. Um, and I think that's, that's about it for criticisms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That being said, it was very entertaining. Um, and it's always fun to hear what people are saying and the memes that came out of it. And also some of the messiness that came out of it. That was fun too. So. Um, what are your some of your favorite uh, insecure moments? Uh, favorite insecure moments. Oof. Um, I loved when Issa quit, we got y'all. That was great. Um, it needed to happen. Um, even though the moment, the Issa and Lawrence fight in the first season after he finds out that she cheated, like it was painful to watch, but it was very well written and it was, it was very visceral and real. And it was like a real fight. Um, and I don't think I, I see that very often on American TV. So that was cool. Um, unless it's like white people trying to get Oscars. <laughs> but this felt real to me. Um, I love I love the Coachella, the Beyonce Coachella episode. Because um, I think that was just, I think that's my favorite episode ever. But I also loved the moments when Issa and Lawrence really sat down and talked about what got fucked up in their relationship. And they actually got closure and they dealt with it twice so those were good moments too i love the episode with nathan and and a couple of people um have mentioned that nathan was maybe the manic pixie dream girl um in the beginning and i see that but i kind of liked the flipped roles in that way for them and maybe that's why i like nathan so much and maybe mm -hmm. that's problematic so you think he stayed that um that like trope or that mold no no i think they they fleshed him out with like when they brought him back and explained why he had been gone and they sh like subtly showed him like taking his meds trying to build his life trying to actually deal with things and um speak about them and try to navigate this relationship that a part of him always kind of knew was doomed so like i think they they developed him out of that trope which i think rarely happens in tv so yeah and i think that's also a a tribute, and I can say this about all the actors, really. I think that all of the actors are amazing. Jay Ellis, um, Yvonne Orji, um, Kendrick Sampson, of course, Issa Rae, they're all amazing actors. Natasha Rothwell, even Amanda Seals, who gets on my nerves. <laughs> they're all just really, really good. Like you can tell that they put a lot of work into developing these characters. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And that, you, and that doesn't even get into the cinematography, the amazing things that were happening with the way Black people were being filmed in the show. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It definitely felt like, yeah, like a love letter to the city. Um, oh, yeah, like what Tyra Banks was in the last episode, too. Um, oh, yeah. Giving the key out. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, the second to last episode, um, how did you feel as someone from Texas when um, they tried to come at um, the barbecue? Yeah, about barbecue, <laughs> LA barbecue versus Houston barbecue. Um, no, I definitely, I definitely, you definitely would side with Texas barbecue. Um, I haven't I mean, really how can much, you not? Yeah, That's I haven't had much barbecue. LA barbecue. Um, no, LA barbecue is not a thing. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, I also get that he was like, you know, severely like outnumbered. Um, and then there's all these other things um, where they're really talking about themselves about yeah. who's better for Issa. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> um, you have to give it to him for, for sticking up for Texas barbecue. Yeah. But I also think to, to try and compare LA barbecue to Texas bar to Houston barbecue is a fucking lie. I mean, I think that's a, it's a very LA thing to do, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <I think that's laughs> Our LA listeners, if you're hearing mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. not, no. <laughs> Here are cities who can actually claim barbecue. Houston, mm-hmm. Kansas City, um, I want to say Mississippi, any place in Mississippi, or the Deep South in general. I think that's it. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. LA. That's a huge now. Yeah. All right. Um, I see that you have Matrix on here. As you know, I have not watched the new one, but have you? Yeah, I've watched the new one. Wait, before you start talking about that, did you watch the first three to sort of reload? See what I did there on that? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen them before, but not in a while. Maybe I've seen the first one kind of recently, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't watched the second two in a little time. Okay. Me, sorry, oops, coffee burp. We'll cut that. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if I've seen like the third one more than the first time. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen the second one a couple times. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I guess it'll be spoiler free um, comment on it. Um, I don't know. Like, I didn't like it, but then I've been hearing other people say that they really liked it. Um, but then I know you said that you've been hearing like it was really bad. Um, I've heard it was bad. I haven't heard, I haven't seen anyone say they liked it on my timeline, but yeah. Um, not anyone I know. So yeah, like I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't think you miss anything by not watching it, kind of thing. I think it's because it just, it seems like maybe it's gonna be the start of another trilogy or something. But um, mm. I don't know. I mean, it didn't do it for me in the beginning. I thought it was kind of interesting, but then it it kind of lost all that. Um, I, I like I get what it's trying to do. Um, some of it felt very like um, trying to update, kind of like um you know uh i guess um counter or like do its own critique of the past movies mm-hmm. um in a did weird way adi- did they adequately adequately explain the loss of Lawrence Fishburne yeah i mean they made it him like i mean i guess yeah they did i guess yeah so i can't say but yeah oh okay i mean i can say if you if you don't mind hearing it but I can't like it's kind of I think it maybe it's spoilers to explain on there. Okay, well then let's. Um, but yeah, they explained it, but it's still kind of a stupid. I didn't I didn't like it. Like I mean I 
I was fine with why he wasn't there, but then the um, why there's the new Morpheus and like what he is, I thought was kind of a little stupid. Mm. Um, what else? Uh, it's just like I feel like I was thinking about this. One of the things I was thinking about was like I feel like the first one had it felt like it had so much more stakes. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like in this one, I was never afraid for the characters at any moment. You know, mm-hmm. like in the first one, like as soon as the agents show up, you're like, oh fuck you're like these agents are like real deal they're like bad dudes they're gonna come they're gonna fuck you up but in this one it didn't it felt like the cheat codes were on the whole time oh so there I didn't feel like there's any stakes in this one this one didn't feel like I was never like worried that the characters were ever in danger even when they were supposed to be in danger oh um, like that kind of thing well that doesn't sound fun at all yeah um and it kind of like started off in this interesting way um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and then there's like other stuff that I thought was kind of dumb. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be forgettable. That's unfortunate. Yeah. You also you also ventured to the theater to see Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Since I will not be going into a theater, I have to wait until it becomes available. Did you get a Ruben for it? Yeah, he doesn't have it. He said it won't hit until it hits streaming, mm. at which point I'll just, I would just rent it. Just stream it, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel very opposite of this movie that I did of Matrix Revolution or Resurrections. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I feel like you're being a little hyperbolic. I'm not, like, if I could, like, if I could, if this was a spoiler thing, I could, like, go into, like, the ways that, like, broke and mended my heart at the same time. Okay, but let me just say that when I do see it, we are definitely do, uh, dedicating an episode to talking about it. Yeah. Um, I want to break it down. For some, I do know, and you don't have to tell me why, but for some reason, a lot of people are talking about Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Was he very prominent in this movie? I wouldn't say very prominent, but like, because I feel like, you know, Toby had three movies. Mm-hmm. um tom holland this is his third but andrew only got two and he was definitely like i feel like the least liked of the spider-man trilogy or the spider-man three i actually i liked his spider-man a lot and i think my issue with him is his the ending was just so fucking tragic that i wanted to forget it <laughs> like it was yeah terrible. like not terribly written it was just really fucking sad yeah so i think that was a, like it feels like he like, it seemed like, you know, the other people, like, had their own, their stories were more, like, self-contained. Like, I don't feel like with Tobey Maguire, there was, like, things left, um, mm-hmm. you know, open, unresolved. But with Andrew Garfield, there was. And I feel like they, they'd go some way to addressing that in the movie. They do address it. Yeah, and I think those are some of the moments that I felt like. I can't, yeah, without saying too much about it. Just, yeah. was, those are the moments where I was like, oh, my fucking God. Um, but. Because I would imagine it was by far the saddest Spider-Man of them all. Andrew Garfield? Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like he needed it. um, Not just as Spider-Man, it feels like maybe Andrew Garfield needed that to like be like, we love you. And to also, it it felt like this movie, you're like, you no longer have to like pick between a Spider-Man. Like now we can all, we can love all Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. This is a slight spoiler, but not really if you've been watching some of the other things that that Marvel's been offering, but I'm am I safe to assume that the multiverse is now open? 
um yeah i think the multiverse is open or been open i don't know like exactly like how it connects to like the end of loki or whatever mm. or if like doctor strange is gonna like explain that more um like but even, even in what if they, they they're talking about the multiverse like yeah it's it feels like it's just every, everyone should know that this is a thing that's open now yeah that's and, why i say i guess i i guess i maybe i like struggle with the word open um like how open it is um because it's like something that happens in the spider-man movie that kind of like causes it to like open but it also doesn't seem like it's open open it seems like more it's like open in a spider-man specific way oh but i think that is going to be further opened in the doctor strange movie well i did watch the doctor strange trailer so we know there's an evil doctor strange well yeah i think it's the one from the what if right yeah, that's what I was thinking, right? That's what I think, yeah. Is, okay, so here's my question. Having seen No Way Home, is what if, the things that happen in what if, are those canon? I would. I think everything that happens in Disney Plus is canon. Because I have to say, like, what if is, I think, my favorite, my favorite segment of the MCU at this moment. I really loved what if, like, a lot. Because, like, it plays to all of the things that I love. So like time travel, alternate universes, what have you. Um, so if what if is canon, I just feel like there's so much to be explored. Yeah, no, what if is canon? Um, and uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll explore it. Okay. Have you seen uh, Hawkeye? No, you've seen it though, right? Yeah. Is it good? It's all right. I mean, I feel like I, I had it on. I don't think I, every time I watched an episode, I was kind of like doing something else. So it's not bad. Um, I don't think you you miss anything by not watching it. Um, there's like a couple cameos that like speak to you know bigger things, but yeah, I think um, you know it's Hawkeye. He's my least. I care about. I care about their version of Hawkeye the least out yeah. of the whole thing. What about Shang Chi? Have you watched that? Yeah, I liked that. That was, that was, that was good. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I mean, there's Aquafina, but other than that, I thought it was fun. Um, I like Simu Lee. Um, it's kind of like, it kind of makes me think, like, is everybody going to get their own Wakanda? Because um, there is, like, this, this like, secret magic city um, mm-hmm. that they, like, have to, and, like, dragon scale armor is, like, is every, like, every, like, culture going to get their own, like, world and, like, um, technology, you know, you have vibranium. Not, is it vibranium in Wakanda? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like well, Wakanda and Vibranium and here, I don't remember the name of the city, but yeah, this other city, and then their shit is like dragon scale armor mm. and like dragon scale weapons and shit, which is cool, but then I feel like it, it starts losing the specialness if everybody has their own fucking magic city. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I thought it was fun. Um, it's a little, I mean, I feel like it follows a lot of the same Marvel beats, but it was a little different. The ending was a little bit different than yeah, that's definitely on the list. I'm definitely going to watch that. Hawkeye, I just feel like if I don't like Hawkeye, why would I watch that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's also too, like, that's the thing that's so annoying about Disney. I was thinking this when I was watching the first episode of The Book of Boba. They're just, like, so adverse to, like, blood and a specific type of violence that, it, like, it makes some of the stuff so lame and seems so unreal mm-hmm. and so, like, uh it, it takes you out of it because you're like oh yeah this is like a disney show you know like there's some parts that it feels like it seems like it could get really like raw or like brutal but then like 
it's a fucking Disney show and they don't do that and there's like no blood and there's like none of this shit and it's like it's really annoying yeah um, how they do that and like they've done in like Black Widow um this is what they're doing in the Boba Fett show and see, that's why I really liked the what if because the what if got really fucking graphic and I don't know if that's because it was animated but they were killing they were killing people off and shit like it got really dark and that's what I'm here for <laughs> yeah I think that's the thing that's like I hate to see like Disney continue to spread its claws everywhere because it's gonna like yeah it's gonna like um sanitize everything so much and like some of this shit just needs a little bit more you know like yeah fucking Boba Fett like I feel like lost its punch and I think Hawkeye suffers from that a little bit too and not to sound all like you know whatever but one thing that's always bothered me about Disney and I just read this really interesting article about it is there's no heat in the MCU there's like the there's no romance there's no love they're like these are not adults being adults and that's always bothered me and I know it never will be but it'd be cool if there were like a segment of the MCU where it was more adult that would be that'd be great you know? yeah I mean because it happens in the comics but yeah like I don't yeah. know if they're gonna bring yeah. it to the shows or movies mm-hmm. I don't know and yeah. it, when it does it does happen on Netflix, which is why I like the Netflix shows, because I think that they were more adult on the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones was definitely grown. Um, Luke Cage, I guess, but Luke Cage. Um, and Daredevil. So I guess Netflix is where it would be, but now that whole segment is gone. But I did hear that they're, what? Um, I can't, I mean, this one is, real, there's, there's two things that like make it seem less gone, but um, one of the characters from one of the shows does appear in Hawkeye. Was it Daredevil? Do you want to know? Yeah. Um, Kingpin appears in Hawkeye. Kingpin from Daredevil. Is it in, is it is it more than a cameo? Because I really like that character. Um. Yeah. He's like in a. He's like in a. He's like the last boss reveal. So you see him like the last two episodes. Oh. Um. But then they make it seem like he's killed off screen. But of course, you know that's like never a death. No but body. Um, no death. Yeah, it's Vincent D'Onofrio. It's definitely playing the role and stuff. Oh, I know who Vincent D'Onofrio is. Yeah. He's very underrated as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's, only, if he's only in two episodes, I don't. I still don't think that's enough to make me watch Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you, did you... Heard, go ahead. Did you like uh, Black Widow at all? Is I? The um, Elena, the sister, is in uh, Hawkeye too. Okay. I just, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> added anything for you took it away i heard that daredevil is coming back in one of the movies i think i read that somewhere Hmm. that he's reprising his role somewhere Hmm. i would like to see jessica jones come back too though i love that character yeah i think that's i think that's maybe what they're leading to yeah but um yeah i can't say can't speak on it can't speak on daredevil appearing or not appearing on anything i've seen recently because it would be a spoiler or because you don't know? I don't have anything else to say, Senator. <laughs> you, just right. have to, you just have to hurry up and watch Spider-Man. Okay, when I watch Spider-Man, we are doing an episode just on Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, as a, as a fan of Spider-Man, yeah, you're going to be freaking out a lot. Did we invite Ruben to do that episode too? I guess he hates we- that movie. I don't think he's going to watch it. Wait, he's, he hasn't seen it yet? No, he hasn't seen it. He Not the last time I talked to him, he hasn't seen it. Oh, come on. 
What? He's a, he's a curmudgeon. Okay, whatever. Okay, well, we have to find a third person to round it out. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm excited about seeing it, though. Although you did tell me that they haven't developed MJ, which sucks, because that's a waste of talent. But whatever, it's fine. I mean, they give her, like, you learn, you learn more about her, but she's still, yeah, she's still um, the object of saving multiple times. Mm -hmm. But um, who knows, like, maybe she'll, because I think in some reality she becomes Spider-Woman. Oh. Um, so I don't know if they'll go that way with it or what. Wait a minute. That leads me to another question. Um, and you can choose to answer it or not. But we know that in alternate realities, Gwen Stacy is the spider, spider person. Yeah. Um, does that exist in this movie as well? Um, it makes it seem like it's a possibility. There's there's a line that makes it seem like that Spider Verse is real. <laughs> but yeah. you said that that they allude they allude to Miles Morales. Yeah, that's the line that makes you think that like that whole universe is real. Okay. It's funny. Like I I want to talk about it, but I can't because I'll like okay. I'll give it away. But it's funny when it happens. All right, let's give <laughs> it to um the teaser that came out for. The, the sequel to um, the Sony Spider-Man. Have you seen it? Oh, the yeah, I have seen it. What did you think about it? Yeah, it seems cool. Did you did you see? <laughs> Black Twitter got into quite the discourse about the change. His hair. hair. Yeah. yeah, 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 I saw that. But I think that's fair. I think that's valid. I think it's valid. Yeah, um, it's valid. How does he have an S curl now? They need to explain that. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that was a conscious decision. Um, yeah, the reasons behind it, I'm not sure, but definitely like changes uh, hair. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, I will be watching that. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna watch it. When is that coming out? Is that coming out next year or the year after? I think. Yeah, it's I don't know. So look. Okay. Did you see uh, the the second Venom? No, not yet. Is okay. it? Is it good? Because the first no. one. Yeah, no, the first it's even one's worse. Terrible. It's even worse than the first one. <laughs> okay. How is that possible? The first one is awful. Yeah, I don't that's a good question, though. <laughs> <laughs> they just really want this man to be famous. They really want him to be famous. And they keep trying. I don't know. For me, I think it was the mistake of trying to like establish him outside of Spider-Man. Um yeah. but I like I do read some of the have read some of the Venom comics. So I understand that like that characterization of Venom. It's kind of like how Venom is in the comics, but I don't know if they if it, they just didn't like do it correctly in the movies or if there was like a different approach they could have had with Venom. Because like growing up as, as a little kid, Venom was like one of my fucking favorite characters. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like again, like I feel like you need Spider-Man to like explain Venom in so many ways. I mean, I know like in that movie, they he just like do all the time and know like spider webs. Um, so that's also like part of the thing that like lost it for me because like when I was like a kid, I like Venom was like the you know like bad Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. All right. So what are you excited for for 2022? Um, what am I excited for? Um, I guess art projects, um, mm -hmm. mending fences. Um <laughs> Okay, Denzel. Yeah, uh, I'm excited and open towards um, 
friendships, relationships, love um, towards forgiveness and being forgiven. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the flowers in bloom and spring and uh, the thawing of hearts and the opening of doors. <laughs> Forever a poet you are. Yeah, no subs in there. <laughs> <laughs> What are you excited for this upcoming year or this new year? Uh, I'm excited to learn new things. I want to teach myself how to play the guitar. Um, I want to get back into reading tarot because a couple decades ago I did learn. So I want to get back into that. Um, making more art. I want to write some things. I want to write songs. Um, I want to reach out to some people that I had a falling out with and I'll also try to mend some fences. Okay, Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to work on these comics. Now that I live alone, I'm turning the extra room into a writing slash meditation room. And I want to really like put some, some elbow grease into actually writing some shit, some real shit. Um, even if they are comic projects that I may never have time to develop, it'd be nice to have them written out because they've been in my head forever. So, so like things that aren't watershed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. But I mean, I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I have like a whole shared world in my head where all of these different characters live. So the watershed is only part of that universe. There's like a two other um, parallel storylines that have been kind of in my head that I want to get out. So. Oh yeah. That sounds exciting. So um, uh, I'm creating this writing room and I have no idea what goes in a writing room. So I'm sort of making it up in my head. So I've got a desk and a sitting chair um, and desk chair and um, a couple of yoga mats because I'm going to do yoga in there. Um, and that's it. That's all I've got so far. So that sounds <laughs> I, like a great start. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, teaching again, not sure how I feel about that because it, it appears that I'm back on these Zoom streets, at least for, the, for January. I'm not sure what's gonna happen after. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable going back into the classroom after that because I don't feel like this thing will be over by then, but. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers the what are you dreading for the new yeah. year? Yeah, it does. <laughs> what are you dreading? Um, what am I dreading? Um uncertainty, um, making money. Um, maybe those are my current dreads. Like financially, do you feel like you're in a good place? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I feel like, yeah, compared to this time last year, um, I definitely have like a lot of my unemployment savings, um, that I don't have now. And then, um, I don't know, also with like COVID and stuff like that, it feels like things are so stagnant as far as like certain types of advancement, but, um, you know, we're going to plug away and see, I feel like as always with the, uh, with like art stuff, I feel like the beginning of the year is a pretty crucial time for applications and stuff. So. Yeah. Maybe these next couple months could potentially dictate um, a lot of how my year will turn out, which sucks. I'm also getting tired of the uncertainty of art. Um, I've actually started looking at some 
corporate jobs. I'm sorry, replying to maybe what like art department at Nike or some shit. Oh, it's like I'm tired of it, Melanie. <laughs> just gonna be comfortable and sell out and not make art. No, I, yeah, maybe maybe I'll make art on the weekends or whatever, or I'll be in the Maldives on the weekends. Who knows? I mean, you'll have good health insurance, but yeah. So we'll see. We'll, <laughs> know, we'll see how it all turns out. These are all just ideas for the time being. Well, I hope you get some great things Thank so you. that you don't have to work for Nike. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what would you say are some lessons you've learned in 2021? Oof, lessons I've learned. <sighs> um, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is that life is not what you think it's going to be. And I've had to make peace with that. I feel like I do this every decade. Like when I turned 21, I thought my life was going to look a certain way. By the time I turned 30, I thought my life would look a certain way. By the time I turned 40, I thought my life would look a certain way. And I think last year was the year I just, I made peace with the fact that whatever this life it is that I'm living, it's not going to look the way I thought it was supposed to. And I just have to enjoy it for what it is and enjoy the, the success that I've had and the things that I've done and not look at them lightly, not look at them as like stepping stones to the things I really want to do. Like I need to appreciate the things that I've already done. Yeah. Yeah, that's all solid as shit. Yeah. How about you? What did you learn in 2021? Um, maybe to be more patient um, with people, um, to be maybe more patient with myself, um, to maybe be gentler to people and to myself Aww. patience and grace I guess or they're I'm in the process of learning <laughs> I wouldn't say they're the lessons are complete. I don't want to say anything but like... <laughs> yeah that's cool what about resolutions what have you got resolutions or predictions for next for this year actually this year um i don't know i have some i never really had resolutions before but there are things that i want like i'm excited about trying to implement um so we'll see i wouldn't necessarily say they're resolutions um because i think you know the calendar is arbitrary but mm. um as we are in a new moon in capricorn which is real um i think i'm going to try to drink less um use the money that used to go to drinking towards other things how much money went to drinking um i don't know sometimes i go to bars like 30 bucks a day 30 bucks a couple drinks and maybe some food um sometimes more um that's a lot of money (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) um so now that i can like live in my pocket or um i've been wanting to like get some tattoos again so maybe i can my former alcohol stipend it's now going to become a tattoo stipend or investments or something um but when you get tattoos do you design them yourself or do you pick them from the institution that you go to oh no i've never picked a tattoo from the book every tattoo i think i've like designed i mean some are like ones just a, a triangle so that's just a shape mm-hmm. but like my most recent ones are ones that i've like made and then just had somebody like transcribe them i guess nice. um but the one the one i want now i just want to like do a quarter sleeve in black um mm-hmm. so it's just like black uh black fill or whatever like but what is what of 
No, just like just black. Like you know, like how I have like a kind of like that Aztec warrior skull right here. Yeah. Like all around it, I just wanted to be filled in black. Oh wow. So like the rest of this like quarter sleeve will just be like black. Well, that, would that be expensive? I think so. I think so too. Even like, though it, I feel like it shouldn't be, but I think the way it works out, it will be. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I got this one when I was eighteen, so it's still like. 12 years ago or something 14 years ago how much did that cost when you were 18 this one is 450 bucks jesus christ okay. over like multiple sittings so like I, I could see the filling in the rest of my arm being around 400 maybe 600 bucks oof jeez okay all right that's um badass, though. that's a badass tattoo yeah um yeah resolution so drinking less um Going out more. <laughs> go, go out more. Um, go out more. Make out more. Um, live live wildly. No. Um, I don't know. I've already been reading a lot more last year, so I want to keep reading more again. Yeah. Um, I think things like that maybe go slower. Get into gardening. Ooh, I could see you doing that. I could see you enjoying that. Yeah. You're like into succulents and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I've known that from like some of my roommates, other roommates that we've have like stuff in the yard that's like beneficial. Start mm-hmm. taking advantage of that, like dandelions and lemon balm and mungwort. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think think about my health more in this year, this upcoming year. Now's the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not getting any younger. No. And it's only downhill from your forties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We just need to um, those, those infant T cells or whatever. Regenerate <laughs> my body. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that 2022 is going to be less or more of a shit show than 2021? I don't know. I mean, I want to, I feel like I was still somewhat of an optimist. So I would like to think that we'll find, you know, we'll find the joys where we can. But yeah. like overall, who know if it like just brings us closer to extinction. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna be an optimistic. I'm gonna say that you know by the end of this year, we'll all be pleasantly surprised, surprised, and have things to be grateful for. Okay. All right. I like that. Do you have resolutions? Um, I have a list of things that I wrote down at the end of 2020, um, that I wanted to accomplish. Um, and I was, and I was scheduled to open the envelope on the 31st of December. And I did. And to my delight, even though it was a list of like 20 things, I'd actually done one and one and one third of them. So that was cool. So I put the list back in because nothing has changed. Um, <laughs> and it'll be opened again on um, December 31st of this year. Okay, hell yeah. But I would like, I mean, I would like to finish this next iteration of Watershed, Watershed Zero, um, and to write out the other two series, like the first volumes of the other two series. Um, and I really do want to learn how to play the guitar. So, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it looks like I'm going to have to learn on YouTube University right now because of Omarion. So, yeah. but yeah, I did learn how to tune a guitar, so that was cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you already I, have a guitar? 
Yeah, I have a guitar. Okay, cool. Um, and Adam's been helping me out um, a little bit, sending me videos and stuff. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Adam seems like a, a good person for that. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, good luck to your guitar learning. Thanks. I'll, on December 31st, I'm going to ask you to play me a song. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it is time for our segments. Um, first up is Silly's Glass of Water um where i take a moment to talk about someone who is doing the most with the absolute least what oh mr talking trash about sure folks don't like nobody being too proud or too free This glass is a full circle boomerang glass that goes out not only to the current mayor of New York, good luck with that y'all, by the way, but also just anyone who shares his fucked up classist views. So I wanna take y'all back. Picture it, spring 2020. Everyone is clapping on balconies and singing songs on the internet, lauding essential workers for their bravery and service, mostly through tweets and posts and performative works on social media. Very rarely through payment or specialized healthcare or really any tangible thing that would demonstrate or compensate for the risks being taken through such work. Now let's fast forward all the way to a few days ago at the beginning of this year. Eric Adams, during a press conference in which he urges companies not to delay reopening in the uncertainty of Omicron, refers to quote, low skilled workers, cooks, dishwashers, messengers, shoeshine people, etc as part of the ecosystem of the city who lack the skills of people who work in the corner office and need this work to continue onward. The fuck? See, this is further proof that there are no more episodes of Black Mirror because we are living in its final season. There is so much to unpack here. There's enough for me to unpack here to apply for grants and a PhD just to get funding for the research and the writing required to break all of this bullshit down but I don't have that kind of time. And most importantly, I don't want to. Black rest and respite. I'm gonna skip over the fact that this steaming dumpster of trash came out of a black man's mouth because again, grants and PhDs. But if you know, you know, cause I know. Next, I'm instead gonna start with the concept of quote, skilled work, unquote. As someone who did office work for 15 years, let me tell you this idea of sealed and unskilled is negligible at best. Was the work I did tedious? Yes. Did it require access and knowledge of platforms, interfaces, and software programs that someone had taken the time to teach me at some point? Sure. Did it require any more skill or knowledge than flipping a burger or cleaning a toilet? Uh, no. Uh, but was it inherently connected to a system of capital and wages that prioritizes a certain way of living that rewards those who hit benchmarks which are intrinsically tied to systemic racism and anti-Blackness? Well, duh, let me tell you something. All those skilled jobs of which you speak, for the most part, actually have much more built-in cushion and contingencies for fuck-ups, which means there's much more room to fail. And obviously, the closer you get to the tops of those hierarchies, the more wiggle room you have to, say, embezzle large amounts of discretionary cash for your not-so-secret recreational drug habits, or bankrupt your father-funded company once or twice, or allocate funds to pay off the victims of a colleague's indiscretions. These are just examples, just spitballing off the top of my head. In fact, the lower skilled the work, 
the more you are required to be damn near perfect in order to maintain equilibrium, which for many is still unlivable. So the mayor and all those like him can kindly take his condescension and his skills and just shove them directly up his urethra while kissing my ass. In the year of 2022, the jig is all the way up. And what we're not gonna do is pretend this dumbass hierarchy has anything to do with skill. And I'm done. Hot damn, Melanie. Hot damn, you did it again. What a way to start off 2022. I know, I try. <laughs> Next, we have the first Just the Facts with Max of 2022. I'm stating facts, 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 facts. Phi Beta Sigma fraternity was founded at Howard University in Washington, D.C., January 9th, 1914, by three young African American male students. I'm stating facts, 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 facts. Wow. I just, I don't know how you keep finding this information, but I am just like, every single time, Max, every single time. Yeah, thank you, Melanie. Just trying to spread knowledge. <laughs> All right, um, and now it's time for our parting words. We have uh, one thing prior to that. We oh, normally, okay. We normally don't get a lot of comments or reviews um, on our podcast, but we keep chugging along. You know, you're out there listening in the void. Um, don't be afraid to call out. But um, we did recently get some analytics done and realized that we have um, banging numbers in Columbia. So we want to shout out all of our uh, listeners in Columbia. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Yeah. So there you go. NTP is big in Columbia. All right. So now time for our parting words. Max, you first. My parting words are grace, love, forgiveness, abundance, communal joy, and may our cups runneth over. Um, NTP, look out for us. Drinking Gourd 2 is in the pipeline. We have another project, Black Loaves, coming up, plus more. That's what we got in 22. And um, happy 2022, y'all. Um. My parting words are, um, once again, Max, it's been a pleasure um, recording with you. Um, and even though we're back on these Zoom streets with the podcast, I'm, I'm still really proud that we're still going. Um, we started in 2019, right? Um, before all of this happened and we're still, we're still going strong. We're still standing. And that's, I think, pretty amazing. Um, also, um, for those of you who are listening, I hope that whatever the wildest reaches of your imagination for joy um, and happiness and contentment are reached during this year. Hell yeah. All right, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.